All right, everyone, we are back. Devil's Army Cast. We got episode 31 and 32 on tap for you today. We're doing a little, uh, this one's going to be a big one. So we're splitting it into two. You'll get episode 31 dropped first. Next couple days, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. So hopefully you'll see episode 31, either Thursday or Friday. And then episode 32, which we're also recording as we speak, will be either dropped on Monday or Tuesday. You're going to get both of the episodes before the season begins because this is our very own NHL Devils preseason uh preview prediction episode we're also going to talk about the world junior championship recap that just finished up gotta introduce yourselves i mean as always james right here and then we got chris the what's Rayleigh up duo. happy Nothing new year crazy. everyone we made it to 2021 Lego. yes sir um <laughs> uh, episode 31 jersey number 31 not all that flashy in devil's history a lot of goalies um i know eddie lack wore 31 pretty sure scott wedgwood wore 31 too you have anyone off the top of your head uh, uh, chris terrary pretty big backup for marty most of the time yeah he wore it for a while mm-hmm. if, I, if, if i'm not mistaken so that's your uh, jersey number for number 31 quick rundown on what we're discussing episode 31 is current news world junior recap and then we got devil's camp preview some news coming out of the devil's camp that started we got new jersey devil's final roster predictions we're going to make our predictions on who's going to stick around who's going to be cut and last we'll do just kind of like an overall preview of how we think their season is going to go, specific predictions, stuff like that, things we're going to keep our eye on. That'll be episode 31. Episode 32 will be more of the NHL-wide preview and prediction for the regular season. We're going to give our postseason picks. It's never too early to have postseason picks, Chris, right? Absolutely Stanley not. Cup winner picks. Um, and then we got a return of uh, Bar Down Bets. We're going to get a little degenerate on the podcast towards the end here, give some of uh, my favorite bets that might be putting in before the season starts some futures and some fun stuff like that so yeah that's what our mega dual episodes gonna be here um big old preview prediction type episode so um current news a couple things devils related too very much devils related so Friedman in his 30, what's the 31 thoughts? Is it? Uh, Jasper Bratt and the Devils are reportedly still far off from a contract extension. So that's not good. Um, he's still in Sweden. And even if whenever they do get the contract done, he's going to still, after that, need to get a visa and then going to have to quarantine when he gets to the States. Friedman said things have stalled, bit of a gap in talks at this time. He also mentioned that could change one phone call, though. Nonetheless, the Devils really screwed themselves here. Um, they did not handle this correctly. It, there's no reason for it to get to the point it has, you know? Yeah. Um, Brad's definitely not going to be in a lineup opening night. That that ship kind of sailed at this point. Yeah. But yeah, it's a shame. Um, Devils don't have the luxury like other teams just to plug someone else in the lineup and it'll be okay. But yeah, they need to get Brat signed and back in the States pronto. The next thing, also in Friedman's 31 thoughts, the Devils and the Bruins have reported interest in Ben Hutton. Ben Hutton is a defenseman, played for the Los Angeles Kings last year. He had really, really good underlying numbers in 18 minutes of ice time a night. So he's a solid depth defenseman. My only thing with this rumor is I don't know what 
like how the decor would look if they brought him in because it's already kind of a crowded room. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could always use depth, especially someone the caliber of Ben Hutton. Ben Hutton, think he's – I don't want to say a two-way defenseman. He brings more offense than a guy like Dmitry Kulikov brings. Um, his defensive prowess is probably just as good as Kulikov. He's definitely a better defender than um, Connor Carrick, defenseman than Connor Carrick. Probably a little better than Kulikov too. So Ben Hutton would be a nice get. Just a little rumor there. Don't know if it happens, but worth mentioning. So. The Binghamton Devils, some AHL Baby Devils nudes for you. They'll be in action this year, which is great to hear. Um, I was a little hesitant on whether or not I thought we were going to see them play, but it was confirmed they will be playing this year. Only a 24-game schedule, 12 home, 12 away games. The biggest part of all this is they're relocating. It's going to be the Newark Devils. The Binghamton Devils for this year only are going to be playing out of the Devils practice facility. The reason they're doing this is quicker and easy uh, testing, COVID testing. So good to see. Smart all around to get them closer to home. It'll be nice for the Devils too. I mean, if they have to call up, they don't got to go far. They just got to walk to the uh, to the rink over, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's a great arena too. It's not like, a, you know, we say it's a practice rink. It's a really good state-of-the-art practice rink. Um, whether you've been there to see the, like the players practice or um, you've played in it because they do open it up for like recreational stuff. Like I remember playing there in college uh, against certain teams and even travel. Uh, I think there's a travel hockey team that plays out of there too. Um, might be the Rockets, I can't remember, but it's a it's a really good practice facility. So they're they're going to be playing on some pretty good ice. So yeah, well, that's great to hear. Um, so three teams did opt out. Three AHL teams: the Charlotte Checkers, Milwaukee Admirals, and the Springfield Thunderbirds. I know the Checkers are the Hurricanes affiliate. I believe the Thunderbirds are the Columbus Blue Jacket affiliates, and um, the Milwaukee Admirals. Chris, you have any idea? I should know this. Uh, I don't, unfortunately. I think Minnesota's is in Iowa. Uh, Iowa Wild, yeah. So the Thunderbirds, my bad. It is not the um, Black, uh, Blue Jackets. It is the St. Louis Blues. And the Milwaukee Admirals are the AHL team of the, come on, Wikipedia, National Predators. So those three teams have opted out. I already saw on Twitter, I don't know which team it was, but they made a deal with the Utica Comets, I think it was, that they're going to loan some of their players over there, AHL players, so they can get ice time. So you'll probably see more of that. Um, yeah, the AHL season slated to begin on February 5th, so we get more hockey and we get to watch uh, some some Devils prospect play, which is also good. Yeah. Hopefully they pick up where they left off last season. Mm-hmm. So. Alrighty, that's all the news I have. Um, I don't think I missed anything else major. Um, Chris, anything? No, I, I don't missed? think you missed anything. Uh, I mean, there there is a bit of major news that we'll get into probably here in this next segment, but nothing else. Oh, yeah. Leading them perfectly, World Junior Championship. The United States are champions once Let's again. Let's go, baby. It was a, a 2 nothing defeat of those Canadians, our neighbors to the north. They jumped out to a to an early one nothing lead. They dominated a lot of that first period. Then they struck early in the second period to make it 2-0. From then on, it was just kind of them holding on. <laughs> the yeah. Canadians turned it up. Spencer Knight was absolutely terrific. Sensational 33-save shutout. Mm-hmm. It was the first shutout in a gold medal game in United States history, I think they said last night in the broadcast, which is very impressive. 
The goal scorers were Alex Turcotte, LA Kings, and Trevor Zegers, who absolutely dominated the tournament, Anaheim Ducks. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Zegers, he was player of the tourney, 18 points in only seven games, and like I said, he had a goal and an assist in the gold medal game. Finland defeated the Russians 4-1 to in a bronze medal game, so Finland took home bronze. Just saying, Chris, I predicted USA over Canada in the gold medal game. Yeah. Also had Finland losing in the bronze game, though. Did not have them capturing bronze. But if you remember, I was a big Finland guy when we were previewing. Yeah. So watch those Finns. I, I agree. I think I did. Uh, I saw Russia and Canada kind of duking it out. But, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to see the U.S. make it. Um, You and I were kind of on the same page with Spencer Knight. I said for the U.S., they were kind of like the dark horse for me. I figured they could could make it to the gold medal round and they could compete. But it's going to be up to Spencer Knight, how he performs, and if he can, you know, get them through it. And he did. So. Yes, they did. He did. He was sensational. Um, As for the rest of the field, Russia finished fourth. The Swedes who had a very talented roster, fell short of expectations, finished fifth. Germany did well for all they went through. Um, they finished sixth. The Czechs finished seventh, who had a big upset. Who'd they upset? Russia? The mm. Czechs. They, they had a big upset. I'm pretty sure it was Russia. Uh, Slovakia finished eighth. Switzerland finished ninth. And Austria finished 10th. There was no relegation this year because of COVID. So that was good. Um, it'll be the same field next year. Before we jump into players and stuff, like specific players that caught our eye, I'll just talk about real quick about next year's tournament. Yeah, so it was Czech Republic that upset Russia. That was a big upset. Anyway, gotcha. moving on. Um, next year's groups, um, this tournament is also going to take place in Edmonton, but Red Deer, like they were supposed to, will get half of the tournament as well. Group A is going to be U.S., Russia, Sweden, Slovakia, and Swiss. It's absolutely loaded, that group. <laughs> and then Canada, Finland, Germany, Czech Republic, and Austria in Group B. The way they do it, it's based off finishing. Um, one in four go into Group A. Five goes in Group A as well. Given the Swedes had a down year, Russia had a bit of a down year for them too. Um, that's why they got shoved into Group A. Switzerland had a down year too. They're usually pretty darn good. It was just they were a young team there in Group A too. So Group A is going to be tough. So anyway, and that's next year tournament we're talking about. We'll get back to this year's tournament. Some guys that caught our eyes. I'll just list a couple players. Anton Lundell was great. Ten points in seven games for Finland. Chris, did you know Anton Lundell is a point-per-game-plus player in the Liga this year? Top league in fin- Finland. He's doing absolutely insane over there. That's a great I pick by now. the Florida Panthers. Yeah. It's like 17 points in like 11 games or something crazy like that. The German trio of Tim Stutzel, J.J. Paterka, who are both draft E's, draft picks, did great. And the third player in this trio was Florian Eliash, who went – Undrafted last year. He plays in the Dell 2. He'll be draft eligible again this year. It'll be interesting to see if someone takes a shot on him, given how well he played in the tournament. Arguably the best defenseman in this tournament, Topi Nimela of the of the Finns. Um, he 
was a Toronto Maple Leafs third rounder this year. He did really well. Very good offensively. Eight points in seven games. Cam York's another defenseman that was absolutely terrific. Not so much offensive. Like he did well offense, but his defensive game was good. Very good in that gold medal game. Um, just a couple goalies. Spencer Knight, like we said, was terrific. And Devin Levi of Canada, also a Florida Panthers prospect, posted a 9.64 save percentage in the tournament. That's a little bit to do with Canada just dominating people. Um, also a little bit to do him just having a good tournament. So anyone that caught your eye, Chris? Um, I mean, I know I saw Bobby Brink pop up a couple times on the score sheet, especially after he missed the wide open net, I think, in the first game U.S. had. Uh, I forget who they were playing. Um but I saw him constantly popping up on the stat sheet. Obviously, we've talked about uh, Zegris. Good to see Spencer Knight bounce back from that first game, which just was bizarre. None of us expected to see that kind of performance. Um, yeah, I mean, those were the main guys who stood out to me. I wasn't able to catch all the action of the World Juniors. Um, I was trying to catch all the USA games that I could. I uh, saw a little bit of Canada's and Russia's, but... Those were the main guys that stood out to me. Gotcha. Yeah, another guy I just want to mention real quick is Brett Meniers, um, forward for the USA. He's at the University of Michigan. Uh, he's draft eligible next year, and he's he's terrific. He's going to be a top five pick. He was on full display in this tournament. His speed was crazy. Whenever he touched the puck, you you noticed that number ten on his back. He he's a heck of a hockey player. So it's that's going to be interesting to see where he gets picked. So. Tons of other really good players at the tournament that we haven't talked about. Um, each team had a few guys that were just terrific, but if we talked about them all, we'd be here forever. So we'll move on now. We're going to talk about the Devils prospects quickly that were at this tournament. Patrick Moynihan had a good tournament. I mean, he didn't play much, but when he played, he was noticeable out there to assist in five games. And of course, he took home the gold medal. That's the most important thing. Hey. Go Team USA. 2019 sixth rounder, plays at Providence College, had a terrific year last year. Hopefully, he'll keep it up this year. Also, if you have an athletic subscription, Scott Wheeler, who's an athletic prospect writer for uh, coverage covering the NHL and hockey, wrote a terrific article on Patrick Moynihan about how good of a – they call him a glue guy and his teammates love him. And it's funny. I got done reading that article, watched the game, and I don't know if you realized or noticed, Chris, when they announced his name, his teammates. Team USA teammates went uh, went nuts, got rowdy for them. <laughs> so there you go. Truth to the story. Make make sure to read that story if you haven't. It's a great one. So that's Patrick Moynihan. Dawson Mercer, unfortunately, was on a losing end, but he got take home a silver medal, and he was very good in this tournament. Seven yeah. points in five games. Looked great. Dawson Mercer is going to be a special player, folks. Uh, he was the 18th overall pick this year. He plays in the Q. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure what they're doing in the CHL with their three leagues right now. I believe they're on the, all on delay right now. Yeah, I think so, too. I haven't heard anything. So hopefully we'll see Mercer play some junior hockey in the near future when that gets fired up. Shakir Mikuhama Doolin, um, Russian, did not take home any medal. He had an interesting tournament. Uh, 20th, uh, 20th overall pick this year, of course. He had no points in seven games, a minus two rating. He played a ton, though, which was good, getting that experience. Russia's defensive core as a whole struggled. Uh, Mukahama Doolin was no difference. He had his moments. I mean, it's not like he was awful. But like I said, yeah. the whole Russian defensive core struggled. They were just a young group. Um, nonetheless, he got a ton of playing time against quality players, so that's good to see. Mm-hmm. Arseny Gritsuk might have been the Devils best prospect in terms of performance at this um, tournament. 
Dawson Mercer was great. Gritsuk, though, had he only had four points in six games, but he was always very noticeable whenever he's on the ice. He unfortunately did not play the last game due to injury. I don't know if you noticed that, Chris, or anyone else noticed that, but he did, I did not, not play. Notice it. Um, fifth rounder, 2019, plays over in Russia, KHL, MHL, VHL. So. Good to see him have such a good tournament. Hopefully he heals up quickly. Not entirely sure what the injury was. Alexander Holtz played for Team Sweden. Um, Sweden was underwhelming. Holtz did fine. Had a good tournament. Um, eighth overall pick this year, of course. Only had three points in five games, but played fine. He had a goal, big goal for Sweden at one point. So, And the last Devils prospect, Yarmir Pitlick. Fortunately, only played one game. That one game, he played very well. He had a point. He had an assist. He got injured, didn't play the rest of the tournament. He was this year's fourth rounder. He plays in the second-tier Czech League because the OHL, who he usually plays in, what he usually plays in is on leave, right? That is your World Junior Recap. Chris, would you like to add anything before we move on? Uh, I believe Finland and the U.S. are now tied after last night for the amount of gold medals. Uh, I think they're tied third behind Russia in second, Canada in first. So U.S. creeping up there in their gold medal count. Um, I think I saw uh, Zegras before game. Basically, they were asking about the powerhouse that was Canada and uh, mentioned that he didn't think they were tested, you know, enough five on five. Um, They weren't scared of them and they, they went out there and showed it. Um, they scored some five on five goals. Uh, I think I, I remember before this tournament started, I saw some clip of these two younger fans going back and forth and they were Canadian and it was like a TSN thing or, or something. And they were saying who they thought, you know, at the world juniors, Canada's biggest rival was. And the one guy was like, it's the U S they're, you know, they're always right there. They're like, they're coming. They, they're trying to overtake the sport and everything. Um, and the other girl was like kind of clinging to the past of Russia and basically dismissing the U.S. as like, eh, they're, they're nothing. You can have your little shootout goal and all this stuff. So I, I, I thought it was a little funny to watch the U.S. win. I'm like, hmm, maybe Canada will like us a little bit less now than they do. <laughs> the USA has the most gold medals in that tournament since 2010, maybe it is. But I mean, yeah. they, they do really well at that tournament. Mm. Um, it, it's just funny how everyone's saying, oh, yeah, this is the best Canada team they've ever sent there. Um they didn't give up any even strength goals until that mm. game. They played in just a cakewalk of a group, though. The only know, tough yeah. team they played was Finland, right? Finland exactly. was really the only team they played that was all that great in this tournament. Um, I just think it's funny. USA, once again, showing how great they are in the sports landscape. So, always fun to see. There's a lot of angry Canadian <laughs> on Twitter. So, anyway, moving on now. We're getting to our... New Jersey Devils preview for this upcoming season. We'll start with some New Jersey Devils training camp talk. Training camp got underway, I believe, last week. Um, just some storylines and stuff. We'll start here. So Lindy Ruff talked a lot about in his interviews leading up to camp during camp about having his new system instituted. He said it's going to be kind of hard given how short on time they have. Um, abbreviated training camp, no preseason games. Uh, stuff he's mentioned is having his defensemen more involved, pinching in on offense more, get more involved in the end zone, getting pucks through to the net, all that fun stuff. And this is something we have not seen in years. <laughs> so that would be cool. As long as it's not resulting in fast breaks the other way. Like, odd man rushes the other way. But anyway, I mean, good news there. 
He's also talked a lot about zone clearances, having to get the puck out of the zone, multiple guys going in the corner and a puck battle scrums and all that fun stuff. Also good to hear something Devils have struggled with in the past. Um, and basically, Ruff, uh, Ruff just based, uh, was talking about how the Devils need to play more of an up-tempo style, faster hockey. This is something Ruff had his teams doing in Dallas when he was coaching there. Uh, Dallas, when he was at the helm, had one of the best Corsi 4 per 60 numbers, getting shot attempts on that around the net high danger chances and that's what you need um that's what the devil's roster is built nowadays speed quick yeah i think and, they uh, made it to like the west finals one year or they, they like made it to game seven to get to the west finals and lost so yeah, i'm not sure exactly what it was but his teams in dallas are pretty good and it all stemmed on the offensive zone and the devils have been a just absolutely horrible offensive team for so long now um so hopefully this quick paced I mean, you could only say so much. It's actually seen it on the ice. Hopefully, Ruff gets these players to play this way because up-tempo hockey is how the Devils roster is built, and that's mm-hmm. that's when they'll be successful, you know? Yep. Um, it's just how the league's transformed. Yeah. One other thing he talked about is he wants the ability to roll all of his lines. He wants all of his lines to be effective. He doesn't want to have to rely on one shutdown line, mm-hmm. which is common sense, but, I mean, teams don't usually do that it's hard to have four lines you could roll without having any mm-hmm. issues um that'd be another great thing that could institute like i said it's all good to say these things but you want to actually see them do them you know yeah so i mean when it comes to having four solid lines that's it's just coming down to execution of the system um you don't necessarily need to have the most skilled guys through all four lines but you need guys who are smart enough and skilled enough to play the system properly so yeah, so that's some um, Lindy Ruff quotes from training camp. Moving on now, we're going to talk about a little bit just going back to the Jesper Bratt missing deal. And also Nico Hishier is coming back from – did they say it's an ankle sprain or did they just say an issue with his ankle? I, I can't or remember. I know it was like he know. was in a walking boot, but it was yeah. a minor injury he got in December, not like – didn't require surgery or anything like that mm-hmm. he, he i think i saw a clip today that he said he's like working with the medical trainers and stuff to make sure he's ready for game one so it sounds yeah, which, like in his mind he thinks he's going to be in the opening night lineup which would be great um but you also do have to keep in mind things change um of <laughs> course the players don't want to be out there which which you know um yeah. but yeah that's something you got to look out for uh Nico should be around sooner rather than later. It's the brat thing that's going to linger and probably won't see him for a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, sometimes it leads to very not good-looking lines without these two, as we'll get to in a little bit. So that's yeah, definitely a storyline people have been keeping together. their eyes on. <laughs> so given that the Devils are bratless and he's shearless for now, it's going to open this door for other guys to step up and win a spot and show their abilities and probably play in slots their – not not supposed to be, but not accustomed to. Like Nick Merkley, maybe we see him get top six minutes, you know, to be maybe. But he pretty it, good in training camp. So yeah, far. It's just it's just stuff like that. Um you're gonna need guys to step up. Something worth watching there. Now we'll just quickly talk about the first two scrimmages. Scrimmage one was last week. The Merkley's A Jack Quokenin line had a really, really good scrimmage. They generated two goals, I believe. Merkley had two goals. Zay Jack had two assists. Another name that caught my eye was my boy Josh Jacobs played well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, did you get a chance to catch the first scrimmage at all? I saw some highlights from one of the scrimmages. I can't remember if it was the first or the second. It was the one well, where we had today. like two or three goals. That was the first one. Yeah, Merkley yeah. had two goals. So the second scrimmage was today. Uh, lines got changed around from the first scrimmage. So Lindy Ruff trying different things. We got a Jack Hughes, Nikita Gusev, Kyle Palmieri line the scrimmage, which is pretty cool. And it generated a goal. Jack Hughes had a terrific pass, up ice pass. It didn't go as planned initially, but Palmieri took a beautiful redirection off the boards. Maybe he was playing like that. You never know. Um, yeah. And then Palmieri chipped a nice puck past uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. It was a really pretty play. Blackwood did have a bit of a rough go of it. He let up four goals, and they had a practice shootout type deal at the end. I believe he only stopped like one or two of five. So uh, he, strugg- he struggled. To- it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's just a scrimmage. It's early, and he's coming back from tweaking something. So... Um, Igor Sharangovich, the KHL legend, had himself <laughs> a game. Uh, stole the show. He had two goals. The second goal was an absolute laser. It, it was it was just an absolute snipe. Uh, I'm sure it was all over Devil's Twitter, Chris. I don't know if you had to see it. But I, I he got a pass from Connor Carrick once they broke into the uh, offensive zone. And then he wristed one up from the left dot above Mackenzie Blackwood's shoulder and just, just ripped her home. So it was a pretty shot. Igor Sharangovich is doing great. Yeah, this is good. We've been excited about these Russian prospects. And again, pay the Russian scouts bonuses. Pay them. <laughs> so lines in practice, what we saw, this isn't the lines in the scrimmage, but these are the lines the last time they had a practice. Um, the last practice they had, I believe, was on – say on Monday maybe like actual practice they had uh, and they split it up into two the first practice was basically the guys who are going to be in the NHL and then the second practice were kind of probably the most likely cuts the lines in the NHL practice was Andres Janssen Jack Hughes Kyle Palmieri top line Miles Wood Pavel Zaka, Nikita Gusev, line two, Yannick Kolkinen, Zay Jack Merkley, line three, and then Sharon Govich, Boquist, and Cloud, line four. Murray Subban, Kulkov, Severson, Butcher, Carrick were a deep pair. Smith and Tennyson also was a pair. Um, worth mentioning, I forgot to talk about this before, Miles Wood left today's scrimmage with an injury. Not sure what happened. After Lindy Ruff said he doesn't expect it to be major, maybe he'll miss a couple days, but he doesn't expect it to be any more than that. Mm-hmm. So in terms of position battles, I guess those are things that people always watch about more so in like NFL and stuff. But it's a thing in hockey, too. Um, for me, what I'm looking at is the top six without Brat Nishier, um, who's going to step up, play in those roles. In practice, we saw Wood and Zaka in a top six role, which is interesting. Um, mm. Maybe we see a Nick Merkley move into a top six role. Nishier like we both discussed should be in the lineup opening night. So that would just leave one guy in the top six that might not necessarily deserve it. Maybe a miles wood or Nick Merkley. So that's something to watch there. Also the defensive pairings who gets that last spot. We know Murray Subban, excuse me, Murray Subban, Kulkov, Severson and butcher. That should be the definite five. Then you got like a Ty Smith, Connor Carrick, I guess you can mention a Dmitry Kolkov there kind of battling for these last two spots, last mm-hmm. spot. So interested to see what happens there. And lastly, just the bottom six. Um, 
looking at it, it should be a Kokinen, Zajac, Wood, Merkley, Sharangovich, Boquist. And then it's up to maybe like a Michael McLeod or Nathan Bastion deal. But I think those are the guys you're going to see there. Yeah. I mean, I think the the position battles in camp right now is basically for the fourth line. Um, that last defenseman spot. And then everything else is really just more battles for what line you're going to play on rather than if you're going to make the team or not. Um things can change throughout the season um i know fitz is is trying to see if he can bet on the young guys taking the step forward and it looks like some of them are definitely ready to so hopefully that does pan out but uh yeah not having brat is definitely a a big blow don't get that twisted so yeah so that is kind of like how your lines are looking in practice right now some battles we're looking for um also some storylines like we're talking about earlier now we're going to get into we're going to go through the training camp roster and basically tell our opinions on who we think is going to make the roster who's not going to make it so we'll start with goalies of course, Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Crawford will be two to make it. Gilly Sand, Scott Wedgwood, and Evan Cormier will be sent down to the minors unless there's injury with Blackwood or Crawford. So out of those three, Chris, who do you think would be the first that gets to call up out of Sand, Wedgwood, and Cormier? I would say probably Sen, Um just because I think he – out of those three, he's probably the hottest name in terms of performance from last year. Um, all limited like sample size, very limited sample size. But I think people were thrilled with the one or two games that Sen had appear last year. Yeah, I, my my opinion would be Scott Wedgwood just because I haven't seen enough Sen of of Sen in the minors. Um, he he did well towards the end there, but he was really not great in the beginning. So I'd go Scott Wedgwood, but it's a toss up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hopefully we don't have to see either one of them because if we do, that means someone got hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so defenseman, I guess I'll read you. I don't know. This one's pretty self explanatory. To- yeah. uh, self explanatory. I think you and I will have a similar. Unless the Devils decide to go the eight defensive defenseman route, which I think is a big possibility, especially given that they when they do a call up, it'd be so close from home. Just because I don't know if they want any of their young forwards sitting on the bench, like being healthy scratches, uh-huh. like a Michael McLeod, yep. Nathan Bastion type maybe even like a Brett Cini, they would rather those guys get play time than sit yeah. on the bench. A guy like Connor Carrick, who's more, not a veteran, or Dmitry Kulikov, if they have them a healthy scratch, that's okay because, I mean, they played before, they don't need more experience type deal. So that's why I think maybe they would go the eight defenseman route. But the seven I have right now is Carrick, Butcher, Murray, Smith, Severson, Kulikov, and Subban. Um, that eighth guy would be like a Matt Tennyson. Yeah. As a healthy scratch. I, I agree. So, um, I think you and I have the same. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see my boy Josh Jacobs. He did. He's had a really good camp, so maybe something happens. Maybe he's the healthy scratch guy. Who knows? But I think the D room's kind of lo- uh, not loaded, but crowded right now. So, forwards is where it gets kind of interesting. Maybe. Um, so this is without. This is including Heeshear, right? So you got Janssen, Heeshear, um, Zajac, Palmieri, Zaka. Uh, Wood, Hughes, Gusev, and then I have Boquist, Kwokinen, Miles Wood, Igor Sharangovich, and Michael McLeod, Nathan Bastian. So that would be if they do the normal, what was that, 14, right? If they go 13 or 
he sheer misses any time. Um, they'll add a guy, take a guy away. I think the first guy to go would be a Nathan Bastion or Michael McLeod. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those guys might start in the AHL anyway if they go the eight defenseman route. Um, so the cuts would be Mikhail Maltsev, uh, Nolan Foote, Ben Street, Brett Sini, Nate Schnarr, and Brandon Gignac. Gignac. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have the similar list? Yeah, yeah, I have a similar list. I have Gignac on there. And I, most of the guys you mentioned are on my list. And like I said, like a Nathan Bastion or Michael McLeod would get sent down once he, she, or Brat comes back or if they go that eight defenseman route. So interesting to see what they do. I don't know when the final rosters have to be in. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting t- trying to piece together how I thought lines would look because even while I was doing it, I'm like, oh, it's I don't next. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So great segue. We're going to move now to kind of like the prediction, prediction segment. Uh, we'll talk about our predicted lineup. So go ahead, Chris. Give us your forward group. Yeah. So in this, I I operate under the premise of he sure will be there opening night. Brat will not be. Um, I said Janssen, he sure palms on the top line. Gusev, Hughes, and potentially Boquist, just because he has the experience up on the second line um, on the wing. Wood, Merkley, Sharon Govich possibly as a third. And then I did Sini, Zaka, and Bastion as your fourth. Um, the biggest thing was there were guys I thought about putting in, like maybe instead of Sini or something like that, but I'm also thinking, you know, is it better to have these prospects who are supposed to really develop come in and only play like a fourth line role, or is it better for them to, you know, play in Bing, get more time, stuff like that. That was the argument I was constantly having in my head. So I I don't know if that lineup is how it's actually going to shake out, but just looking at what we had as of right now, that's, that's what I came up with. Gotcha. So I got a Janssen, Hughes, Paul, Mary line one. I got Hishir, Gusev line two. And then it came down to who would be that wing to finish out the top six. I just stuck Miles Wood in there. Um, mm. I think Nick Merkley would be another guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see Jesper Boquist starting the top six just because how poorly he played last year. Mm-hmm. When he got time, I have him on line four with Zak and Sharon Govich, and I have a line three of that Quokinen's Ajak Merkley line, which was really, really good in the first scrimmage. So Yeah. For me, I, I think Merkley is normally a centerman, so that's why I stuck him there on the third line. No. And he, then, uh, he played Wood, a lot of wing I, last year in Binghamton. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. I looked at Cap friendly. They were saying he was a center. Yeah, they um, get funky sometimes with their position listing. So. Gotcha. Yeah, and and Wood, I like Wood's here. game, but I don't. A beautiful he, redirection today. Like that, that, that was my biggest problem with Wood last year when he was like getting these second line minutes and stuff like that. I'm like, it's not that I don't like He's Wood. I like I like his game. I like his you know bull in the china shop. Like I like the way he plays the game. He takes some dumb penalties sometimes, but I think he's more of like a third line kind of guy. Oh, he is. So. He's a third fourth liner on a good team. He'd be a fourth liner. Just the yeah. Devils don't have that luxury right now. So um, yeah. So that's our forward groups. Um, defensemen get interesting. Um, so I went with the top four right now of – I like the Severson-Smith line we saw today in the scrimmage. I really like that. Um, that that duo, it resulted in the goal. Severson threw puck on net. Miles would redirect it home. I wouldn't mind seeing those t- two play together. I also have a Murray-Suban and I have a Butcher and Carrick slash Cool Call line. Um, I, I'm hoping the sixth defense when we see are Smith, Severson, Suban, Murray, Butcher, and Cool whatever pairing you like of those six but i mean i guess you can see weird things happen but those six i 
they're my starting defenseman or mm. defenseman opening night. Who you got? Yeah, I did uh, Murray Severson, Butcher, Subban, Kulikov, and Smith, and then I had Carrick yeah. as a seventh. Yeah, yeah, I agree there. Um, so extras, if they get the goalies, we know who the goalies will be, Blackwood and Crawford. Yeah, Blackwood and no Crawford. Um, extras, I have Carrick or Kulikov, and then <sighs> – Nathan Bastion and Matt Tennyson right now. I'll predict they go the uh, eight defensive rounds. Yeah, I, I could see that. I didn't mark down any uh, scratched extras. Um, I mean, in all honesty, with the expanded, like, what is it, taxi squad that they're doing, and yeah, the fact that, that Bing is playing on the it practice really rink, basically yeah. everyone is a, a NHL scratch. <laughs> you know, it's like if you need them to play, it's not like it's going to take a crazy yeah. amount of time to get them to the facility. You just got to be careful. I don't know what players have to go through waivers if they get sent down, like all that type yeah. of stuff. That stuff gets kind of sicky, but yeah, 100%. I totally get what you're saying there. But um, yeah, so that's our predicted lineup and what everything will look like there in our opinion. We're going to move on now to our... Uh, I don't know if you want to call it bold take segment, but just kind of like things that we predict are going to happen, certain certain things. So give me your number one. We'll call it a bold take, Chris. Uh, Hughes has a 45-point season. Okay. Uh, my second bold point was Jack Hughes has more points than any player in his draft year, so that's Capo Caco. Um, if we see any Trevor Zegers this year, uh, Kirby Doc, I don't know if he's going to be healthy the whole season, but uh-huh. I have him doing – better point totals than any of those guys and he doubles his point total from last year which would put him at 42 so mm-hmm. very similar um my first thing is devils get to have both their starting goaltenders or both their goaltenders with above league average save percentages so both crawford and blackwood mm-hmm. tally a 9 10 or higher save percentage i think that's doable i, I, I really do, do. Too. even I though do it's too. a tough division i think they've done enough on the blue line to help them out a little bit and blackwood i think has gotten to a point in his development where he should be the starter and take those those minutes and those times but crawford is also very reliable as well yeah if their defensemen stay healthy this is the strongest defensive core they've had in a long time very mm-hmm. long time so uh give me your second one uh this one's gonna be Uh-oh. quite quite a bold take <laughs> the, the, the devils power through against all odds and make the playoffs that's a very bold take. That's they gotta finish top four, my friend. Yep. So yeah, it's um, just Boston, you know, Philly, yeah, you know, Islanders, Boston, Washington, Philly, Washington, Pittsburgh. Rangers, yeah, yeah it's just, man, they all suck. Hey, I didn't mean to put the Rangers in with those teams. I take that back. <laughs> anyway, uh, my last one is Andres Janssen records his highest goal total, a uh, goal total, assist total, and points total in his career. His current high is twenty goals, twenty three assists, and forty three points. So. I think he gets more than that in each of those categories. What's your last one? My last one, uh, not sure how much of a shot in the dark you're going to see this as, but uh, maybe Severson becomes a Norris Trophy nominee. Oh, my goodness, Chris. You're really going with the bull this year. I am. I'm going all out. I'm I'm reaching for the stars here. I'm a big Devin Severson guy. I I don't know (laughs) where I had it. I said nominee, not winner, but nominee. (laughs) Maybe it was – I'm going to think. Maybe it was – oh, you know what? I'm talking about that in my next little part there. We'll continue. Um, It has something to do with defensemen and scoring. But anyway, uh, yeah, you got the Chris's very two bold takes and his one 
this one normal take. You got. I'm a bit more of a realistic, folks. A realist guy of realism. You know. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so anyway, fun you stuff. You want some bold takes? I gave you some bold hey, takes. Hey, you gave me some <laughs> some hot takes, my friend. Anyway, no, that's fun. That's fun stuff. Damon Severson is a very underrated defenseman. He is a good defenseman. So if he gets a point total this year, anything could happen. So anyway. We're going to move to kind of like players to watch, three players to watch this upcoming season. Go ahead, Chris. Give me your first one. Um, So I got Hughes for obvious reasons. I think he's on every fan's list. Yes. I'm not a conventional, so I did not have Jack Hughes on the list. Oh, look at you. I'm not confident that he's going to do well. So I'm not even going to watch it. It's just going to happen. So anyway, Igor Sharangovich, the KHL GOAT, is number one on my list. Mm -hmm. Will the KHL performance carry over? Um, looks like it so far. Uh, also, will he survive the lineup getting healthier? Will he be able to stay in the lineup? That's always a big question there. So, mm. uh, my second guy is Ryan Murray. Devils made a mm. solid trade there. Um, I'm just watching his health, man. <laughs> He's got to yeah. stay healthy. If he stays healthy, his numbers should be what they usually are, and those are very good. So, mm-hmm. big guy, I'll be watching there. Who's your second one? Yeah, my next guy was uh, Andreas Janssen. Um, there you go, another you trade know, guy. New guy. Um, part of that power powerful offensive depth that Toronto had. Um, there's no secret he's going to be taking on more of an expanded role here. Uh, just see how he responds to it. See if he can help with the offense and everything. Um, and going back to Hughes real quick, you know, obviously he's put on the 15 pounds of muscle. We've seen some great things in camp from him. Uh, so hopefully nothing but up. Yeah, we shall see. Last guy I have on my list is Nick Merkley. So if if the Janssen trade wasn't mentioned, Joey Anderson would be the last guy on my list. I feel like Joey Anderson and Nick Merkley kind of have – not they're the same player, but like similar expectations. They were both guys many fans thought could take a big step forward mm-hmm. and would be playing a valuable role for this team. And I just want to see if Nick Merkley can improve on his small, solid appearances last year. He's very good when he played last year, and he's going to play a pretty big mm-hmm. role for this team this year. So – yeah. I'm just going to be a big Nick Merkley watcher this year, Chris. Yeah, I agree. I expect Merkley to, to take a big step forward. Um, he's looked really good so far in the scrimmages. Um, but my third guy was Ty Smith for you know obvious there reasons. This is a guy we've had our eye on basically since we've drafted him. Um, I have no doubt he'll be the real deal, but is he ready to be that real deal this quickly? Yeah. Very interesting to see there. So I went kind of above and beyond here. Um, I also included some like like specific things we're going to be watching, not necessarily players. Uh, depth scoring is something that the Devils have struggled with for years, and their depth forwards are probably one of the lesser groups in the league this year, so I don't know how that's going to combine yeah. together. Um, Devils definitely need to get some depth scoring this year. Will it be Sharon Govich? Will it be Nick Merkley? Will Miles Wood have a little resurgence? So, who knows? Very big thing to watch there. Also, and this is what I was kind of referring to before, defensemen and scoring. Lindy Ruff made it a point in his interviews to say he wants his defenseman to get more involved. Chris, you had a very bold take of Damon Severson being in the uh, awards which, uh, list, watch list type deal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Devils, the last time the Devils score, uh, Devils defenseman scored above 40 points in the season was Will Butcher's rookie year at 44. Usually the Devils defenseman high in scoring is Damon Severson somewhere in the 30s. Will a defenseman break the 50 point mark this year? So you're saying we're due. 
we're due. We're due, I guess. The Devils are due. It's just, I don't know. I want to see defensemen get on the boards. When was the last time we saw Devils defensemen score a lot of points this season? So, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's my uh, players to watch or players to watch and some other things I'm going to be keeping my eye on. So, last, not lastly, but another thing we're going to talk about is not players that we feel are going to be like do bad this year, but some mm-hmm. guys that wouldn't be surprised to see struggle again or kind of something along those lines um possible candidates for disappointment you may call them Hmm. we gotta do it we gotta talk about this you know maybe a little bit of an uncomfortable subject but we gotta talk about it chris Uh, we do yep who do you who's who's one of your guys on the list so a guy that you have on your you know player to watch for the upcoming season uh, for your reasons is actually the same reason I put him in my category for a potential disappointing season is Mr. Murray. Oh, okay. um, the injuries. I, I want to see if those are still an issue. If they are, that could definitely lead to a disappointing season because we're seeing yep. him be, you know, a top two defenseman for us potentially. So uh, hopefully the best of health for, for Murray. Hopefully that's all in the past, but can't deny that it's it's a concern that's there so i thought you were gonna say you goat sharon govich and i was gonna be very <laughs> mad but anyway no that's a good one it's all about health for ryan murray so hopefully he stays healthy i got both the guys on my list are kind of boring there were guys both that struggled last year jesper boquist is on my list <laughs> i just did not like what i saw from him last year now he was very very encouraging when he went down to the hl spent some yeah. time down there towards the end of the season i'm hoping he turns around it's just it's not not the clock's ticking he's been in the nhl for one year <laughs> i mean i, I want to see improvement and i hope it comes you never know um and my second guy's pk suban we don't the devils don't need pk suban to be elite pk suban again they just need him to be a serviceable the serviceable pk suban you know Mm. he was absolutely atrocious last year his guard numbers were one of the worst in nhl i hope lindy ruff shelters him a bit um if he doesn't it might be another long year for pk so Who's your yeah. second guy? Uh, my second guy, I actually put Mr. Jesper Bratt. Um, I put, you know, Ooh. the combination of no contract, not being able to train with the team, and who knows when this is all going to get sorted out, when he's going to come to the States. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if all of that just contributes to a, a, an underperformance this season, which I don't think anyone would really – fault him for it'd be pretty easy to understand why it would happen uh, we hope it doesn't but i could i could easily see be that good. being a disappointing kind of season for brat once he gets over here at some point yeah that would not be good for mr brat's development so hopefully that does not happen but you got to talk about it you know <laughs> so anyway last thing we're going to talk about is basically where we think the devils are going to finish um they're in the division of eight right yeah they're going to come in first yeah playoff devils you know mm-hmm. president's trophy so anyway manorealism over here i have them <laughs> finishing unfortunately i have them finishing seventh i have them above the buffalo sabers um their ceiling is fourth i think that's the very best they could do is fourth and that's only mm-hmm. because or if their goaltenders do what i said and have a save percentage above both above like 9 10 9 15 range they get elite goaltending then anything's possible with elite goaltending. Mm. It's just you never know how the decor is going to gel. For now, I'm being safe, trying to be realistic. I'll say seventh, 
maybe they get above the Rangers and finish six. So. You, you and I are on the same page. I, I do have the Devils at seven as well, although I have them over the Rangers. I actually think the Rangers could realistically finish wow. last you in the division. The Sabres? Yep, I have, I have the Devils could be behind the Sabres this wow. season. Okay. It, it could happen. Fair enough. Just we'll that offensive unit our, uh... is pretty good. The Sabres definitely have some issues, but that offensive depth that they've kind of built up there is pretty nice. Top six. And if you get a bounce back season from uh, Jeff Skinner, you know, right. Buffalo's right. not looking too bad. All right. There's, no, there's still some looking love for Buffalo. Bad, we kind of joke about them here a lot. I'll listen. But. <laughs> I'll listen. Anyway, yeah, we're going to talk more about our like overall predictions of standings and all that fun stuff next. We'll get more into the Sabres in a little bit. We're not done yet. We're recording this actually a day after we recorded what you're about, what you guys just got done listening to, trying to put the timeline together here. The reason why we're recording is we got some pretty big Devils news. Out of nowhere, I did not expect this. The Devils have signed Sammy Votnin back to New Jersey for one year, uh, $3 million or $2 million? $2 million. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's $2 million. So one year, $2 million contract to reunite Sammy Votnin in New Jersey. So... Just thought we should probably add that part after we went through previewing everything without Sammy Vaughton in, in the preview. We're not going to go back and re-preview everything with the yeah. addition of him, but we just wanted to let you guys know that he is a New Jersey Devil. I'm sure you guys have seen it on our socials and everywhere else. Um, before we get into that signing, just a couple notable things. Will Butcher did not participate in the Devil's practice. It, I did not see anywhere why. I'm assuming it's just like a little injury or something because he wasn't hurt in the scrimmage. Maybe it's just like a personal day. Mm-hmm. Not really sure what's going on there. Stay tuned to our social media pages. We'll update that when we have an update. Also, a, it's a kind of like a developing story here. Uh, Corey Crawford's missed the past, I think it's four days of practice now. In the beginning, the first two days, they labeled it as a maintenance day. Now the past two days, it's been labeled as a personal day. Corey Masaic of The Athletic and Chris Ryan. I forget, Does he work for NJ.com? I um, think he might. Both asked... The Devils, I believe Masaic asked Zajac and Paul Murray was asked by Ryan. Basically, they both just said um, it's a personal issue. He's back home with his family taking care of stuff. They're going to give him as much time as he needs and all that normal stuff. So we're wishing Corey Crawford all the best. We hope he's back sooner rather than later. But family always comes first. So that's the update with that. So we'll get into the Sammy Votnin deal now. So, Chris, when you heard the deal, what, what were you thinking right away? Were you, were you surprised? You know, what, what were you thinking? Uh, I was surprised. I didn't see it coming. Um, and like I said, when we were first started talking about it, what a what a W for that trade, huh? <laughs> yeah, he, so the Devils traded him to Carolina for Yanni Kwokinen, who is probably going to be a bottom six guy and he's a better prospect in the Devils system. A conditional draft pick that ended up being what round was that pick ended up being in? It was like fourth, third, third. fourth. And they also got Frederick Clayson in that deal. I don't think I'm missing any other parts. But yeah, and they got all that for no games of Sammy Votnin. And the Devils decided to bring him back. So it was kind of one of them weird things that when you look back at that deal. So yeah. All yeah, right, it was keep a going, Chris. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, I mean I think uh, it's it's interesting because we kind of talked in our preview yesterday. Obviously, we are doing an extra recording today because enough has kind of transpired. Excuse me to sort of 
alter our, our Devils season preview a little bit here. But um, we one of the things we stressed in the previous recording was the Devils' decor was actually pretty solid going into this season already. So you know, now you're playing a game of where does he fit, and you know it's it's never a bad thing to have depth anywhere on your roster. Um, but I think that's the first thing we all try to figure out is, you know, where do we see him playing? Yeah, it, it's it's a log jam at the Devils blue line, which I guess isn't a bad problem to have. Like you said, Chris, depth is always good. That's what surprised me so much about it. Um, I, I'm very surprised when I saw it. I thought it was a joke at first. I believe Scott Burnside, the athletic, was the first one to have it. Yeah, the Devils decors. Just log jammed right now. So as it currently stands, Ryan Murray, Will Butcher, Ty Smith, and Dmitry Kulkov are all the left-handed defensemen the Devil ha- Devils have right now on their roster. And then Damon Severson, P.K. Subban, Sammy Votnin, and Connor Carrick are all the right-handed defensemen they have on the roster. So there's there's eight defensemen there. Um, hey, Chris, maybe my prediction of Devils going eight D-men on their opening night roster is going to come true with those eight guys, you know? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, Svotnin as a player, he's he's not a top four defenseman, um, to put it to put it that way. So he played top four minutes, of course, with the Devils on a bad defensive core, to put it lightly. So he was playing minutes he wasn't suited to. He it wasn't like it was awful. But just just some numbers I'll throw at you. Over the past three years, which he largely spent with the Devils, his defensive ranking, which measures it's basically a percentile of where's gar ranks and gar is a very good advanced statistic to measure a defensive a defenseman's efficiency was only in the 29th percentile in the nhl and that's even strength defense another statistic i have here is even strength defense this is war now which is another pretty good underlying statistic he was in a 20th percentile even strength defense Votnin's game is on the special teams he's a very good power play defenseman which the devils desperately need the devil's power play has struggled forever so i'm sure mark recky's happy about that now i'm not saying that sammy Vot this was like a bad signing or whatever i mean it was only a two million dollar deal one year that's fine more depth to unit now sammy Votnin in bottom pairing minutes i think that's a pretty good combination i think he's going to excel there you know like yeah. given the merko mueller treatment sheltered yeah. minutes I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll perform very well in those minutes so I mean, I don't know about you overall. Like I said, very surprising, kind of a weird signing with all the uh, holes they have up front. But at the end of the day, it's a solid signing. You get a decent depth defenseman. If he's used in the correct way, he should be solid, you know? So Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a player we're all familiar with. Um, he He's had some good moments. He's had some bad moments. But uh, I'm not opposed to bringing him back or anything like we just did. So. Yeah, and I mean, looking at it on paper, Devils defensive core entering the season. Let's let's play a little GM here, right? We'll say a, uh, we'll do a Butcher Subban second pairing if Will Butcher's healthy. Whatever's going on there, we got a Murray Severson first pairing, and we get a Smith Votnin third pairing. That's pretty darn good. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's probably yeah. the best E core the Devils have entered into a season in. I don't even know when. It's been a while. So yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's good. It, it helps cover for injuries as well if anything happens to anyone. So, um, and it doesn't force you know prospects who aren't ready to have to come up or anything. So, 
Yeah, so that's that's your devil specific pretty big news there, kind of out of nowhere. So we just wanted to make sure everyone was aware of that. <laughs> Moving forward, I'm sure you are if you even glance at social media. Pretty much only hockey news going on today. But besides that, we got really nothing else. Chris, did you want to add anything here that we might have missed in the past day or so? No, we just wanted to add this in because uh, we literally just did our entire Devils preview. And it was like three or four like major Devils news pieces kind of came out that would affect a preview. So we figured we'd take a couple minutes and, and add that in, update our preview a little bit here, yes. uh, and then continue into that next segment. So Yeah, my bad. One thing I want to add here before we let you all go. Uh, Sammy Votnin is most likely not going to be in the opening night lineup. He actually, I would say he's not going to be in the opening night lineup. He's still over in Finland, so he has to obtain a work visa. Then he has to come to the U.S., and quarantine, I think it's for a week, and by that time, it's past the opening day, which is fine. Devils have other defensemen. It's a position they have a lot of depth in, but just wanted to make mm-hmm. a note there. Don't be surprised when you don't see them on opening night. So, Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, so this is where episode 31 is going to take an end. Um, I think we talked about everything we wanted to talk about for this stretch of content. Chris, do you have anything you'd like to add for this episode? Um, obviously, let's go Devils, but yes, uh, definitely uh, – Hey, keep paying attention to our socials and stuff because we're going to try and get these two episodes out pretty quick with each other because they're obviously related. Um, so they won't the be out like same day or anything soon, like Chris. that. Yeah, I know. Very I know. We got to we got to got to get this done. Um, very soon. So very excited. I'm it might very be rapid excited, fire episodes. I am very excited for the start of the hockey season. Oh, yeah. So am I. Um, it, it's been course. too long. Let's go Devils. Um you're going to hear our beautiful voices in just like a couple days after you listen to this episode. So stay mm. safe in those couple days, um, as always. And we'll talk to you soon.